What's good, world? You are listening to a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks with me, your host, Benjamin Banks, and my co-host, Trav, who has his hair in a ponytail right That's now. That's right, man. You What's know, good? I, I'm starting to grow it out. Uh-huh, I see. I know. Are you, you going to get the dreads again? People th- no. <laughs> Zoe wants me to. You should. Bad, you should do bro. it. I'm never dreading my hair again. Why not? Dude, it's... It is a it's a full time job being I know. white and trying to get dreads, bros. It's it's too much work, and I'm not about it. On top of that, your hands are always like oily, oily, yeah. you know, from how much stuff you got to put in your hair. Yeah. I'm good. It's dude. just like like I thought about growing my fro back and uh-huh. getting cornrows. Well, I'm my just thing like, is this: I don't want to go through all. My that. thing is this: how we're thirty now. Yeah, you just turned thirty one. Yeah, how long do we have? Before the hair starts receding and the baldness starts coming in. I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know what? I'm growing back up my hair. I'm going to enjoy it while it's here yeah, before I start looking like Hulk yeah. Hogan. Because when white people start balding, it is bad. <laughs> it, we know what George Costanza looked like yeah. in Seinfeld. It is bad. So now, luckily for me, my dad doesn't bowl like that. And so neither does his dad. Yeah, so you're so I'm good. hoping. Hey. I'm hoping it didn't skip a couple generations, yeah. bro, and hit me. Because you know, sometimes like once guys start getting in their early thirties, like it that's happened when to LeBron. This, that's look when at this, him. Yeah, that's Poor when LeBron, the signs start. Yeah. So I mean, I'm looking right now. You look pretty good, man. I look, man what's it called? I, I, this is inspired by Kofi, Kofi Kingston, mm-hmm. who was like, "I'm enjoying my hair while it's here because yep. when it starts." When it starts to go, it's time to let time it go. To go. Uh-huh. Not like some of these other people that you saw. You saw what Mark Henry did. It's like his hair was starting to go back. Bro, Mark it. Henry held on a little too long. Yeah. Let's all be real about it. A little too long. <laughs> but Hogan's still holding on to it, bro. Hey, you can see. You can see the extensions in his bro, head. Bro, he is grasping <laughs> on for every follicle that he can, yeah, bro. bro. So, oh man, but, hey, but look, yeah, man. So look, man. I went to go see Birds of Prey. Yeah. And well, I, hold on. Okay, what's good? Oh, I'm you mean sorry. Harley Quinn? Birds, Birds of, Prey. of Prey. Yeah, because they changed the name. They didn't change the official title. They changed the theater title the theater so title. people could look it up. Each but bro, year. even if you change it to Harley Quinn Birds of Prey, like, yeah, it's still just the Birds of Prey movie. You know what I'm saying? It's not gonna make. It's not gonna make me want to go see the movie more now that you changed it to Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. Well, again, I know we, there again. We predicted that this was going to happen. We knew it was going to. We knew it was going to be a bomb. Yeah, it was uh, still a good movie. They're though. grasping on for any sort of recoup that they like. It's gone. They're not going to make their money. But if you don't make your bro, I if saw, you don't make X amount of money opening weekend, you're not getting it, bro. They spent. I think it was between eighty six to one hundred million. No, it was more than that. Uh, well, I, I checked on Wikipedia. They said it, it was, was like, definitely more than it was that. like 86- it was like one twenty or something. No, bro, it was like eighty six to one hundred million on the budget, and I think they only made like eighty four. But that's back. before um, the doma- international and all that. No, stuff too. I mean, yeah, they spent ninety seven. But what's it called? That's before um, commercial advertising. Yeah. That's to make the movie. Yeah. That does not include advertising dollars. That's easily an extra $20 million. And, bro, it's like, I mean, like, I remember when we first saw the trailers for the movie, and it was just like, eh. It's like, <laughs> uh, I want to oh, go see it, but it's even like, eh. Again, I think people are saying it's really good because they expected it to be so bad. I think that's what it is because yeah, because it's I remember, not as bad as people thought it was going to be. Yeah, because we did when we saw those first trailers. It's just like, oh yeah, I don't know. But after watching it, like it was a pretty decent movie. It's just that, exactly. But I, I will say that the next DC movie that I'm looking forward to is Wonder Woman. That comes out this. Oh, summer of course, 1984. And yeah, bro, it looks really good. And the first one was amazing. Yeah, the first except the the villain, except the ending, except the ending. But yeah, but that's DC's mo, right? They can't get the a good outside villain. of Batman. They can't get the villain right. No, but I mean, like, even then, I mean, like, going Man of Steel, I mean, like, Zod and them, like, no, that was okay. No, it was just, a, it wasn't the right it, choice. It, it was okay, but then what was the, what was the next movie? Batman versus Superman, right? Right. Where the, the villain was Doomsday. Yeah. It was, uh, then after that, you had, what, Wonder Woman? And Wonder the vil- Woman and the was wo- next. And the villain was just, uh, yeah. The villain in Aquaman was okay, slightly better, but I it was think still, uh, the I think the, the acting vil- was good. I think the villain in Aquaman works because it's the setup. 
it's the perfect villain for a beginning story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't really have a, a real villain come in. The villain needs to be the guy that's trying to hold him down. Exactly. But that's it's exactly a personal villain. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's his Joker. Yeah. You know, the thing that makes Joker so good, it's a personal villain. It's not a guy terrorizing the town like Penguin or Scarecrow yeah. or something. So, and that's, that's my biggest bone to pick with Spider-Man. Which one? The new ones. Even yeah. the Amazing Spider-Man. They can't get the villain right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's they Spider-Man, can't get the villain Spider-Man right. 2 and Spider-Man 1. Like Green Goblin and Doc Ock. Perf. I wasn't a fan of Spider-Man 3's villains. No. But, but, but for some... Oh, go ahead. No, I was I was just common pretty much saying what you're saying. They, they couldn't have picked a better villain. Yeah. You know, or they couldn't actor. have picked a better casting. Yeah. I literally, even when I watch the cartoon and I see Hobgoblin... You think uh, I think of William Defoe. William Defoe. He has the same facial yeah. structure as the goblin. It blew now, my mind. Now this is the only thing that I did not like about, you know, the original Spider-Man trilogy. Because it's like you know William Defoe, yes, he did a very good job, but he didn't have no waves though. Right. And you know Harry and Norman Osborne, they be wearing them, they be having them waves, okay. they be wearing them do-rays. Picture a white man with waves. Now, now it may be true that there was no chance in hell they were going to cast a black man. Yeah. That could be true. I'm not saying it is 100%, but it could, it's more on the line of that's probably not the case. But why couldn't he have waves, though? But Because, again, it would look... Picture if he did have waves. It'd be sweet. No, It'd be it fire. You, you saw, might be saying you saw, that. You saw how he looked in the cartoon. No, black people no in general would not <laughs> They would have ripped him apart. <laughs> yes. Kind of like when... Well, Twitter wasn't around what, back then, so... I, maybe. Hey. But what's it called? Like, just like when... Remember the Eminem show era where M was wearing like this do-rag? Nah. I don't remember the Eminem. Oh, are you talking about the, the Eminem album? show? The yeah, album. the rapper. Okay, yeah, and he yeah. was wearing like the do rag. He was going through the do rag face. Yeah, yeah. And it was horror. He looked ridiculous. Yeah. But it was his cape. But there was no Twitter and stuff, so yeah. there wasn't that big of a joke fest. Yeah. Picture now, Eminem come out with his do rag. They would hammer this yeah. man. Just like how they be coming at your boy uh, Post Malone. Yeah, well, Post Malone just looked dirty. <laughs> so need, they need to be coming for that hygiene. That's what they need yeah. to be coming for. Well, bro, you know what's happening next week, man. Fire Hill Academia, Hero Rise. Right. And before we started. I thought we were going, bro. Before, before we started doing the episode, um, you know, we were talking about like the new intro music Ooh, and outro music. So it gets better every time they introduce. I know you was kind of hating on the third one. The, the one. one before this, right? The intro before this, you weren't that big a fan of? Uh, that was the one, um, the part one. Hold on. Yeah, the part, season three, part one intro. Yeah, I was You didn't really... like the original intro to the new season. What, for this? For season four? Which which season four intro did you not like? No, and I, I was love like, season four. No, I, I didn't like. I was like, dude, you're crazy. No, I didn't like, uh, I said I didn't like the season four outro. Oh, it you're so crazy It wasn't that all too. that good, but. But I could swear there was an intro that you were like, nah. I was like, yeah, dude, season it's three. fire. And season, you were like, season, nah. Season three, part the last one. one. Oh, okay. Season three, part one. It, it was okay, but I just wasn't a fan of they it. They haven't had a bad yeah, they haven't. intro song uh, yeah, they for haven't, real. But bro, All of them janks been hot fire. Like, I downloaded the intro for um, part two and the outro, which I haven't downloaded the outro for My Hero Academia right. since the first one. Like The first one is my all-time favorite outro. Yeah, but, that new outro fire. But yeah, it's, it's good, bro. And you then, know what it is? I know it's good when I'm watching it with Zoe, and Zoe says, like, the out- like it'll start to wrap up the yeah. thing. And nine times episodes over. Why watch the outro when Zoe's like, "Hold on, Dad." Yeah, we gotta watch. That. We gotta watch, bro. Like that's we how, gotta watch that's how this. it is for JoJo. Like whenever I watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, it's like I didn't seen the intro so many times. Right. But it's like I listen to the music. Like sometimes I'll go on YouTube just to watch the yeah, intro. Yeah, I never. Outro. I can easily skip the intro because I watch it on Funny. But you don't skip the intro for X Men animated series, though. No, of course not. I don't skip the intro for. I've never skipped the My Hero Academia intro. Oh, yeah, for sure. Never. I always watch it. Always watch the it. Only t- no, and I never skip the recap. The only time that I, I, that I have skipped the intro and the outro is when I'm working out at the gym. So that way I can quickly move between, you know, three episodes when I'm doing uh, I can't, cardio. bro. I get way too hype. hype. Man, I'm telling you right now, if this series continues, if this series continues to go the way it's going and it has like Dragon Ball Z episode numbers where we're hitting into the... 200s, 200s yeah. early 300s 
it might go down as my favorite anime of all Bro, time. For real, man. I mean, like, since I've Dra- never since been Dra- disappointed. Dragon Ball Z has always been my number one anime. Like we, when we did our top ten episode, like My Hero Academia is number two down. You know what I'm saying? So it's a possibility it's so that good. My Hero can finally knock. It's so good and knock Dragon Ball Z. Out and we're of talking one. about look at their first movie and look at Dragon Ball Z's first movie. All right? Yeah. Let's let's compare. My Hero Academia's first movie blows. Yeah, I mean, like, um, animation-wise what, what, and Dead, Dead Zone was the first one? Dead Zone was the first Blows movie. Blows Dead Zone out the water. Not that Dead Zone isn't good. Don't let Daniel Patrick Glenn hear you say this. Yeah, not that Dead Zone isn't good, but the My Hero movie. It was really good. It was dude, emotional. Really good. Uh, the music was good. The, the, whole, the whole story, the animation. So good. When so we finally good. got to see All Might and Deku do that double Detroit smash. We got to smash. see, you know, All Might and his quote-unquote prime. Yeah. Like, that's really All Might. You see All Might now, and he is... He's like Hogan in the NWO where like he's still hot, but he's he's out of his prime as far as being Well no, I, I wouldn't say the we, best fighter, I in would, my opinion. I wouldn't say we saw All Might in his prime. I would just say that we saw like a young All Might because at this time, I don't know if you ever Okay, coming into his yeah, prime. Coming, yeah, coming because I don't know if you ever watched the uh, All Might Rising. No, OVA. because it didn't come with the And D- that was so that dumb. That was so dumb it's that like, it didn't come, come on, with the Blu-ray. Man. Remember, and I was pissed at Funimation because there you they can't didn't add anything. You can't tell me that you they did they literally didn't I mean, they did add, like, they no, had the characters they, talk about the movie, but that they, was it. I they don't have care. that stuff on the app, though. Yeah. You know, we, we don't want to, we want to see extra bonus content, yeah. especially one that we know is released and we've seen it online, yeah. and you didn't give it to yeah. us. And there's no way they couldn't secure the rights for that. They did the same thing when they put out the Brawley movie. It came with nothing. Yeah, it didn't come with They didn't anything. even have like a special edition. Yeah. One that you can get this one for $20 or you can get this Brawley box for with 50 all and all this cool stuff. Man, when they put out the Batman um, Beyond Blu-ray that came out. You got out, a bunch of cool stuff with it. You got a bunch yeah. of cool stuff, dude. Yeah. Again, they talk about DVD sales and you know, people aren't spending money on anime. You can That's why you're literally it, yeah. giving me a disc. I'm not paying for a disc. I want extra cool I stuff. I need to pay for something to collect. Yeah. And it comes with the disc. Give me an exclusive Funko Pop or something. Give, give me something to buy. Yeah. You're not giving me anything Don't to just purchase. give me a poster. I don't want a poster. No. Give me, give me something. Give well, me something cool. I don't know. I'll say this. I used to pre-order my um, Call of Duty DC oh. animated universe movies from fye yeah because when you pre-ordered you got a poster and that was enough to make me pre-order nah I'm... it wasn't extra it was no extra money no, and I you didn't it. even I have to it. purchase you didn't have to give me your money there they just put your name on the list you came in open a day you and then you paid for it like you would at target so or why wouldn't i or something yeah why wouldn't i sign up for that and now you exclusively got my purchase, though. I could have bought it at Walmart and Target because it's right down the street. Yeah. But you're throwing me a poster. It gives me an incentive to buy it from you. Funimation's not doing anything to make me want to buy what they're selling. Hey, you, you're getting a little aggressive over there because you keep slapping the, the because, desk. <laughs> because you just, you know I'm passionate about anime. No, I know. And I know collections and people really putting i i feel like there's nobody sitting down at a table really throwing out cool ideas no i agree with you but i mean hey my hero academia hero rising it comes out i can't February 26 and yeah we're both looking forward to that i'm going to go can't see wait. the opening night oh yeah um i'm going like as soon as i finish working out i'm taking a shower at the gym and i'm going it's straight happening. there you know what i'm saying and just to let y'all know if y'all have never gone to a movie theater that's an anime movie it might stink in there. No, not even just that. It's lit. Like, are you saying lit? Like, it's gonna stink? No, I'm saying lit. Like, people hype. Yeah, but it's still gonna stink in there. Oh though. yeah, of course. But like, but that's just that's something that you know you should expect. Expect. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, was there anything else in nerd news? Oh yeah, you was talking about uh, Batman. Oh yeah, man. They revealed um, the Robert Pattinson Batman. Um, they show you, but they don't like give it fully away. Yeah, and I would. I'm happy. I was impressed. Again, I was never hating on him getting the job. Personally, a lot of people were. I mean, a lot of people were because he's the Twilight, Twilight boy. Guy, yeah. But he's not that bro, guy. This dude's been a stud in so yeah, many movies. He's done like uh, the Lighthouse. Like that dude, was. I mean, that's he's, that's the first movie I've seen him in 
after Twilight. He had a movie with um Charlie Hunnan or whatever his name is from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Uh, like The Legend of Z or something like that where they explore the Amazon. He killed it in that. Everything I've seen him in, yeah, he kills. So I knew he would, again, when I see a Batman movie, I want to see a drama. Yeah. I don't want to see a marvel batman yeah i don't want whatever disney is doing dc needs to not do it you want to see that detective work being put in place i'll uh, dude i want to see an oscar performance you know think about it when um joker when they released that joaquin was doing joker how many people was crapping on who they were saying nobody wants to see a joker movie Mm -hmm. and nobody wants to see joaquin do Joker. A Joker, and look at and all what the, just happened. Look at all the awards. Now, just won. on top of that, and this is where we get a little "quote unquote" political or whatever. But um, when um when the movie was coming out, you had all these people saying they didn't want to see it in theater. This movie shouldn't be in theaters mm-hmm. and all this stuff. It's promoting, you know, self mutilation and violence yeah. against yourself and stuff. Now those same people are cheering him on for his speeches about. Mm-hmm. Not enough black people being in Hollywood. And now those people are being like, yeah, Joaquin, get him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you weren't saying that before he won the Oscars. That's how it always is, bro. You weren't saying that That's before he won the Oscars. You were saying his movie should be out of office. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want it in box office. But now, now you applauding the man because he's saying stuff that needs to be said. And he just won the awards. Uh, he won every single award. He won every prestigious award at every prestigious award show that one can win yeah. for a solo performance. Now, did... Now, did Robert Downey Jr., did he get nominated? Because remember, people were saying no, that he should have he he been. There was a lot of people that got stiffed. You mean snubbed? No, stiffed is the same thing. Oh, okay. Snubbed is when you actually get nominated. Nominated. But and you then don't somebody get won over you that you're like, what the heck? Yeah. Tom Hanks got snubbed when um, the Hitler movie, the guy who played. I saw that. that. He won over Tom Hanks and. Um, it was like Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. But that dude that played the guy in the movie won over Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers. And I was like, I haven't seen that movie, so I can't fully 100% yeah. sense say, but I've seen Tom Hanks in Mr. Rogers. And say, he killed it. Dude. I haven't seen the movie. Again, I, seen I mean, he kills movie. everything he's in. Yeah, so I you can't think, even. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Tom Hanks in a bad movie. No. Like, I finally saw the movie where he was, uh, was a captain. Captain. It was Captain something though. Sully. I can't. Re- I can't remember. But oh I no, fu- you talking about he's captain of the boat? Yeah. Or, okay, because he's got. He and, came what up du- with- and what the dude was just like. Yeah, look the at meme. Me. Look at the me. meme. This is my cap- ship now. I'm, I'm the captain, captain now. now. <laughs> but he's also got another one, Sully, where he's the airplane pilot. Yeah. Amazing movie. Now, do you Castaway, think Green now, Mile? Now, do you think that all of these characters that Tom Hanks portrays are characters in Forrest Gump's head? No. Why not? Why would they be? It would be an interesting but story. But yeah, that's what snubbed is. Stiffed is where you didn't even get nominated, but you really should have been. Yeah. Like a Will, not that Will Smith put out something this year to be nominated per se, but in the past, like Will Smith has been stiffed out of a nomination for whatever reason. Well, what I'm hoping is that Adam Sandler keeps on doing good movies like Uncut Gems so that way he can be nominated. I don't think Because he- like people... People were saying, like, I remember, like, they was just like, oh, my God, Uncut Gems are so good. He should be nominated. But, like, when I watched the movie, I was just like, he did a really, really good job. Like, this is a Adam Sandler that, you know, I haven't seen in a very long time. But did he deserve to be nominated for, like, you know, best actor or outstanding performance? I'm just like, uh. I agree. I'll tell you what. I finally saw Uncut Gems. Uh-huh. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as good as everybody talked about it being to me personally. It was good. But when I, people were like, Adam Sandler should get an Oscar nom. When I saw it, I didn't say, give him the Oscar now. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, when I walked out of Joker, I said, dude, hand him the award. Yeah. I, he who's did a really topping, good job. Who's topping that performance this year? I didn't really feel like that with Uncut Gems. Good movie. Yeah. I don't think I'd watch it again, though. I watched it twice. Yeah, I don't think I I'd watch it, it again. I enjoyed it, it was both good. times. Yeah. I don't th- it was not a movie that I think I would watch again or be like, you know, you gotta see it. I'll watch it with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Versus some other ones. But, man, let's we gotta wrap this thing up and roll into today's, today's episode. episode. And it's a special. It's a special episode special because episode. we've been planning this since but you've October. been in this dude's DMs. Yes, man. Just since October. Since October. And, you know, because of scheduling conflicts. He finally conflicts, said, dude, 
if I do it, will you like, leave me alone? He said, I got free time. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> and like, you know, we set everything up. And now we are getting into today's episode where we are talking with the actor, voice actor, Nick Apostolides. From? Resident Evil 2, Life is Strange, and what else? Many others. Oh, I thought you was going to say... One Cap- of the- I couldn't remember the name of the captain title, oh, so how, how could I do it, bro? Jeez. How, how could I do it, man? You should have just like, kept whenever going. Whenever I point to you, it's like... What am I going to say? I don't know the name of it. I can't, I can't do it, man. I have let you down. It's the awesome, captain, the, the awesome captain spirit. I've never played this series. I've never played any of the Life is Strange games or anything connected to it. Or- but you need to play them. Don't They're you? on my Xbox Game Pass, bro. I'm gonna yeah, get you to need, them. You need to play that Game Pass. My, my man. sincerest apologies to Nick. Okay. Well, okay. Let's go ahead and call him up and let's get into today's episode. Hey, Trav, you know something, man? I really want to get a tattoo. I see all the cool tattoos that you have, and I think that it's finally time for me to get one, bro. You know what, man? I've been waiting for you to say that, and do I have the place for you? Oh, what's that? Golden Ink Tattoo, located at 3109 Airline Boulevard out in Portsmouth, Virginia. Okay, so I want to get a sweet Dragon Ball Z tattoo. Do you think that they'll be able to hook me up there? Not only can you get a Dragon Ball Z tattoo, you can get a Death Note, My Hero Academia, Totoro. This place is the tattoo shop for all things anime and nerd culture. Well, bro, I'm so happy that you told me about Golden Ink Tattoo, and I think I'm going to go there today, and I'm going to get me a really, really sweet My Hero Academia tattoo. Well, look, I'll tell you what. What? Why don't we go ahead and call my personal friend, Denise, who's the owner of the shop, and we can give her a call at what? 757-465-1010. Again, that's 757-465-1010. Now, do you think if I go up there and, you know, I say, hey, I'm from leveling up with Benjamin Banks, that she'll hook me up? Or do you think I want to pay full price? You walk into Golden Ink Tattoo and you mention the words leveling up, Banks, they will give you 10% off of your Uh. tattoo. Bro, that sounds really awesome, man. So I'm about to go ahead and call Denise. I'm going to tell her what type of tattoo I want to get. And then the next time you see me, I'm going to have a sweet My Hero Academia tattoo. Get your tattoo at Golden Ink Tattoo located at 3109 Airline Boulevard in Portsmouth, Virginia. Hey, what's good, Nick? How you doing, man? How's everybody doing? Good. So we got Benjamin here and we got Travis. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what? I just want to say thank you for doing that because, you know, we've had a lot of guests up here and like nobody has ever said our name. So (laughs) we appreciate that, bro. No problem. We appreciate you finally having the time to come up here, man. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I'm just happy to to do as much fan reach out as possible. Um, And yeah, it it, it has been a very, very, very busy year of my life, but I I try to make time whenever I can. Yeah, man, because again, in the last two to three years, You've really built up your name in the video game community, mm-hmm. you know, with obviously with the hit that Resident Evil 2 was selling more copies than the actual original copy of it did, which is crazy. But that the Life is Strange series yes. that you're a part of really kind of like blew up out of nowhere. I don't think nobody was expecting that game to be as popular as it became. Well, I, I know that the, uh, the first Life is Strange, like you said, like it blew up. Because it, it was kind of similar to the Telltale Walking Dead games. And, you know, you were able to be in Life is Strange 2 and the, the Spirit. Mm, sorry. The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. I was about to say the Spirit. <laughs> like that movie. <laughs> yeah. And also Before the Storm. That, uh, that, that was the first one it did was Before the Storm. Right. Yeah. That, came, that came out before Episode 2. Um, and then Captain Spirit was uh, sprinkled somewhere in between that. Um, the timeline is hard to remember. But, yeah, those, uh, those projects were really fun. Yeah, and we're going to get into that later on uh, on the episode. But before we get to that point of the episode, we want you to tell everybody your origin story. Well, that's a that's a big question. Uh, <laughs> I, I can try to just keep it abbreviated. Uh, origin in, in what way? Uh, career-wise? or No, tell us, you know, when you were born. You know, what <laughs> what was going on? Was it raining? You know, like what? Oh, geez, I no, got I way back for that. Jeez. No, man, what got you into acting, man? Is it something you wanted to always do as a kid, or? Well, I, I grew up watching really cliche movies that guys typically like. Um, you know, I grew up on, like, the Rocky series and oh, Die Hard, right. Indiana that's, that's Jones. A, hey, that's a good series. That's one of our favorite series. 
Yeah, now like Indiana Jones was a big early inspiration for me, like Ninja Turtles, like movies like that, and then um, like Terminator, and then I was always like kind of an action fan, mm-hmm. and and then I, I never really considered acting. I didn't know what I wanted to do with life. I didn't know that would be like a, a career I could really pursue. Uh, so I went into like hospitality. Um, I have a, a culinary degree. I thought I wanted to do that in in high school, and then. I, I went to hospitality. I worked in like Disney World. I was really good with people. And then um, and then when I was working in hotels and I was around people all the time, they would often ask me if I was an actor or they, they said I should try acting because I come off in real life as very genuine. And they said that's what acting is all about is just appearing to be genuine, mm-hmm. um, whether you are or not. But I, I did to these people, many, many, many people. And they just said, give it a shot. And then I started thinking like, well, geez, maybe I could get into like action movies. And so I, I started and uh, that was about a decade ago and I haven't looked back. That's a good origin story. Yeah. Um, you know, since you brought it up, you know, you're doing a lot of human humanitarian work. I wanted to bring it up because, I mean, if anybody goes on your Instagram, you'll see you've been all over the place building stuff, helping people out in Cambodia, a lot of yeah, stuff yeah. over like in the Amazon and everywhere all over Asia and stuff. Um, and I actually know somebody who uh, was in the Middle East and was helping put wells and, you know, so people from these villages or whatever could get water without having episode, to walk, you know, spend yeah. their all day getting water. We, we did that on episode three um, over a year ago. And this is on um, the fixers? Yeah, actually, we, we were in Nicaragua doing that exact thing about... 13 to 14 days before RE2 uh, released to the public. That was uh, in, in uh, January January 11th, 2019. Uh, we were in Nicaragua digging wells in Nick, um, right there in a, in a impoverished town. And then days later, RE2 came out. So it's pretty cool. What is that like being in these towns when all these kids come up and they really don't see a whole lot of white people? And are they excited? Like, do they know what you're doing? Are they like, what are these guys doing here? Like, what's the, is it scary? Well, they, they typically know all these communities that we help. Um, they know why we're there and they're very excited to help. They're excited that the project is uh, happening. They're excited that people outside of their community, outside of their country, um, give it and that they're taking interest in their problems and Mm -hmm. their life needs. And it's uh, it's really life changing because you get to see like really truly how a lot of the rest of the world live, and we have our we have our middle class, our poor class here in this country, but some of those people they don't even have clean drinking water. You know, even the the poor class here, we we can drink we can drink tap water and it's not going to kill you. But in, in in Nicaragua, places like Cambodia that we just got back from. Um, they do not have clean drinking water and it's, it's, uh, it's got toxins in it. It's, it's polluted and they're getting sick and they're dying and they don't know any better because they don't have the education to know any better. And so you really get an appreciation for what we actually have in this country. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the, the kids tend to love us. You know, we really connect with the community and that's, uh, half the, half the project is really like the build and the, the struggles that we have on the build in these countries and then the other half is how we connect with the community and how the project is important to that community. In Nicaragua, um, the, the well situation was they have a, a drought. The, the dry season is six months a year. During that six months a year, their hand-dug wells are not deep enough, and they dry out completely. And they rely on the government to give them clean drinking water, which is about, um, I don't know, like maybe 50, like 100, 100 gallons they get every two weeks for a family. 100 gallons. When you guys take a shower we almost go through a hundred gallons with one Easily. shower. So that's what I mean is like, you know, they have to spread that out for two weeks with a family and that's for their, whether they bathe, do laundry, cooking, cleaning, um, drinking, and they can't. So, so they don't, they, they can't bathe much. They can't do much laundry during that six months. So we dug that community of 800 people. We dug them professionally a 180 foot well. We hit an aquifer underground and that, that well never dries out. So all year round, 800 people have access to clean drinking water. Yeah, that's so yeah, that's, that's, oh, refreshing. Ahead, no pun intended. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's nice to hear. Yeah, I was just going to say like that that's awesome. You know, just helping people, man. Because like you said, it's like sometimes it's like people like they don't have much. And 
it's always good to give back and help people out. You know what I'm saying? Never a bad thing ever, ever, ever. So I wanted to go back to, you know, when you first got into acting. So I had seen that you had did a lot of shorts and then you had finally landed your first gig on 617, the series. Yeah, 617. It's the area oh, code I'm sorry. for the yeah, Boston area. Yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. Wow, that's like blast from the past. About <laughs> 2000, so, so how was it like, you know, going from, you know, just doing shorts to, you know, finally getting on an actual show? Because like we've had actors come up here before and they always tell us that, you know, it's not it's not real until I mean, like it's real. But, you know, you haven't really made it until you finally started you know, appearing and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like, and gigs and good gigs. It's all, it's a big grind. It, the, the acting industry and, and the, this path that we've chosen, it's not an easy one. It's really like, it takes a long time to see the fruits of your labor. Um, it's really cool to book small projects and shorts here and there. Um, you start off with like student films, then you get into small series um, like 617 and um, you just got to really, it's, it's all about perspective. You have to see every little thing, every little project that you book, you have to see that as a, a success and a milestone in and of itself. And you just keep moving forward. Um, if your goal, when you start acting, if your goal is to become famous in a year, I would say don't quit your day job. You should probably mm-hmm. try something else because a lot of people get crushed having that particular type of goal. But oh, yeah. As long as you want it for the right reasons, as long as you're prepared to be in it for the long haul, go for it. I don't want to deter you one bit, but it is going to be a challenge like anything else. Well, let me ask you this, because um, I was watching an interview with a Virginia native, uh, Constance Wu from uh, Fresh Off the Boat and like Crazy yeah. Rich Asians. Now, she said she has she does not watch her material back, so she doesn't see her own movies or watch your own TV shows. What's your feelings on that? Like, are you eager to see it when it's released or? Um, yeah, everyone has a different, everyone has a different take on that. Uh, I know a lot of people that do not like to watch their work, uh, for a variety of reasons. Me personally, the way that I learn in life, learn anything is, uh, hands-on. I'm also a very analytical learner. And so I watch everything I do meticulously. Um, and I look for ways to improve. Good. Um, because I, it helps me to understand the other side of the camera and, um, editing choices and what works and what doesn't and what expressive nuances, uh, play on camera that I have and which ones don't. So yeah, I watch them left and right. And I, that's how I've learned over the past, um, you know, like 200, some projects I've been a part of uh, in the commercial world and, and uh, on camera. Yeah, I'll say because I'm a professional wrestler and and I agree with everything that you said. It's always good to go back and, you know, check your work because you can improve on, you know, stuff that you could do better on or you might see something that, you know, hey, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to use that. And that's the only way that you're going to get better is just by, you know, being your biggest critic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's just personally how I approach it. But a lot of people wouldn't agree with me. <laughs> I'm glad you do. Oh, yeah, for sure, bro. I mean, like, that's that's the only way you're going to get better. And if you if you don't look at your stuff, then it's like, like you say, you're in the wrong business. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think a lot of people, too, I know specifically, not even just in her case, but in other people in general, they know they're just going to continuously, like, tear it apart mm-hmm. so i guess they rely on other people to give them that feedback uh, you should have done this you yeah. should have did and that that's, that's a good thing too like i know um one wrestler was telling me before that it's like you know you should never you should never uh you know ask hey did i do good did i do that you should always let other people tell you come up to you and tell you themselves if you did good or not because it's like as long as you're doing good and people are giving you good feedback, then you'll always continue to grow. But at the same time, you do have to get that bad feedback so that way you know what you need to work on. Yeah, and uh, like I said, when I watch my performances, I'm, I don't sit there and say, wow, that was that was damn good. That was a good line delivery. Like I, I really pick apart, I look for the bad stuff. And I'm like, how can I improve next time? Mm-hmm. So it is definitely a, a, a critical exercise um, that, that I do for, for my work. I love getting people on here <clears throat> that are like in the quote unquote performing arts field, you know, Banks being a wrestler, 
me being, you know, going from being in a, a group and performing on stage and touring to now just being a man on the boards and mixing and doing voiceover work for people and recording and then you doing, you know, voice acting and acting and stuff. It's really cool to like get all these people in a room and chat about, you know, the arts and things like that versus people that work, you know, a quote unquote regular day job and can't kind of relate to Mm -hmm. what it's like to do something, evaluate yourself and then work on what you can to get better. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there are parallels in in almost any industry that you can, uh, you can think up and talk about, but, uh, but the creative arts, they do have quite a bit in common, whether, whether you're a musician or a, uh, or an actor or an artist, you know, um, there's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of faith that goes with that because I have a feeling like with the creative arts, when you begin, when you start out, I think there is a lot of sacrifice. Um, I, I know musicians who have been at it for like 20 years yeah. mm-hmm. and they're, they're trying to get that big break album going on. And like, there's just a lot of sacrifice I feel with the creative arts. Yep. And so that's, that's one big thing we all have in common. It's like a, it's like a common struggle, but we all understand you it. Gotta you gotta love it to do it. Yeah. That's you, that's the only thing that drives you. And you gotta to spend, mo- you gotta spend money to make money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, like you, you're, you're going to bust your ass to, to be good in any industry. Like, let's say you go for like mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. Great. You're going to bust your ass in school. Right. And, and, but the difference is, is like you could get out of college and you could land a job that pays 150 grand a year. Right. That can happen much more easily than like dropping it like a sick album and, yeah. you know, yeah. touring the world. You know, that's my, my little bro is uh 23 and he's in a band and I think he's living that dream now. He just came out with his first album with this band and, you know, they're playing small clubs, but, um, that struggle's real, and uh, I really hope they continue because it's a passion of theirs. Hey, give your bro a shout out so that way our listeners can check them out. Yeah, so the band is called uh, Somerset S O M E R S E T. You can probably just Google them, like just Boston band Somerset, and their stuff will come up. The first album's on like Spotify, and uh, it's actually pretty decent. It's like really, I was thoroughly impressed when I heard the quality of it, it's, it's like professionally mixed and um, it sounds like something you just hear on the radio like any other day. So I'm really proud of them. Especially coming out of Boston where it's such a rock and metal city. You know, a lot of prominent bands have came from that area. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like progressive rock. I don't right. know how I'd describe it, but uh, yeah, um, super proud of them. So a movie I wanted to bring up was The Haunting of Alice D. I saw that you started that with Kane Hodder. Yeah, yeah, that was a while ago. That was about that was about 2011. Yeah, how how was it working with him, man? Oh, uh, Kane, Kane was a super cool dude. I yep. mean, he he did not have an ego. I mean, look at who he is. Like he's a he's a legend in the horror world and um super nice guy. We would just hang out at night and then just shoot the shit. He would tell us stories about filming um all the Jason movies and stuff and yeah, that was good. That was a really good memory. Oh, Al, now, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm looking too. I see Al Snow is in the movie as well. Like that's cool too. I know you know who that is for okay. sure. Every, everybody wants some head, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's a that that guy is like he's sharp as a tack. He's his wit is really funny. He cracks jokes faster than like a freaking lightning bolt. Um, and so all of us hanging out together, like that was a really good time because we filmed that in a mansion in Rhode Island. And uh, we slept over all a you know a bunch of nights. We filmed it, and uh, just a fun shoot. Those are really really good fond memories I have. Now, do you have any Kane stories? Um, I mean, I would have to think about that for a second. Plus, like any stories he told us um, in confidence, I don't know if he'd want those like. No, I just meant no. something that happened to like you guys on the, set, on the set, like yeah. a funny story with them because. My partner in crime over here. Are you has, talking about me? Yes. Oh, okay. Has quite a, <laughs> a funny story of. Mr. His, Hodder. Yes, Mr. Hodder himself. Uh, well, y- your story is probably better than anything I could try to recall. It, w- it was nine years ago, and um, and I didn't I didn't know you were going to ask about that, but uh, I would love to hear your story. Okay, so what happened was uh, me and my friend James, we went to this horror convention in Williamsburg, Virginia called Scares That Care, and yep. I was wearing like this costume that I had made, and I was standing in the bathroom, and then like all of a sudden, like I just hear like this voice. And I'm like, I'm like, man, like that voice sounds really familiar. And then I'm like, hey, I know who you are. You're Kane Hodder. And he's just like, yeah, that's me. And I was just like, man, like, can I shake your hand right now? He's just like, yeah. And like, I shook his hand after he finished peeing, of course. But um, 
you know, I just thought it was funny. I was just like, you know, I didn't think that I was going to meet Jason in the bathroom because <laughs> because 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 he walks in the bathroom. He's just like that's that's something that you don't expect to see when yeah. you walk in the bathroom because of your cosplay. Because of my cosplay, yeah. What what you were you dressed up as him? No, I was. Uh, I just made some. It was like a. Uh, what is, it's like a smiley killer. What is it? What is it called when you create something that? Uh, and it was an original costume. Right. There we go. Yeah, I just bought a mask. It looked and, like something from uh, the Purge. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the best thing that yeah you could compare it to the Purge. Yeah. And I was just standing in the bathroom with my mask going and my baseball. But bat. that's that's his uh, Mr. Hotter story of where'd you meet him in the, in the public bath- bathroom. But, but what? <laughs> but what? But what made the moment even sweet was. I had brought up this episode of the Wayans Brothers. Did you have you ever watched that show? Uh, back in the day, yeah. Okay, I, hey, as long as you know what I'm talking about, I appreciate that. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, so I had I was talking about the Wayans Brothers episode where Marlon had met the the mayor in the bathroom and you know shook his hand, and then Kane was like, "Well, at least I wasn't in the stall when I shook your hand." I was like, "Oh, so you're a fan of the Wayans Brothers as well." It's always good because a lot of people ain't, a lot of people don't talk about the Wayans brothers like that no more. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's good, man. Well, that's yeah, that's, that's a good story. But that sounds like some that sounds just like him. Like you, I just remember that he was really, really down to earth and cool. All right, so uh, we're moving on, man. Kind of like fast forwarding a little bit, where you're starting to get into a little bit more roles and stuff. When you start to transition from just strictly premiering in movies and stuff like that and you really start getting into the voice things how does that even work as far as maybe a video game company contacting you or do you got to audition for those like you would a movie or it's just just like anything else um it all comes with auditioning and um that's a that's a rigorous process sometimes Uh, for resident evil it took um probably a good three auditions Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they gotta be really picky cause they know they, they need to know that they can work with you and that, that you're going to be able to like carry a whole game and be the right choice. And so they, they deliberate on that for weeks on end. Um, and I'm just glad that they cast me. Um, I think Res- yeah, resident evil was the first straight up like VO gig I ever booked, right. um, you know, with, with the motion capture of course, but I had never done it before. And, um, and then shortly after that, I started to really get the inkling to be in more games. And so I just started to put myself out there even more. And that's when I booked, um, I, I hooked up with a company that does life is strange and, you know, three games later, I've done that now. And, uh, I'm still auditioning hardcore. Like just because I did resident evil, I still, I'm just in the mix. Like it's just one game. There are VO artists, really talented ones that have done, 30 games, right. you know, yeah. so I'm, uh, it's a very competitive field and I uh, just hope that I can continue and be in a couple more big franchises and then I'd be happy as a clam. Now, and I know, with, um, you know, certain video games like Resident Evil 2, for example, I feel like that this game was kind of hush hush, but it's like, you know, fans were speculating that it was coming out, but it's like there was nothing, you know, concrete that it was coming out when you auditioned for the role, like. Was it an audition for Resident Evil or was it under like a code name or something? Believe it or not, it was not under a code name. When it went, on, when it went live um, for the casting, um, games, I've almost never seen a game not be under code name. It's, that's so people don't talk about it and so they don't know it's coming out. There are always these like obscure code names. It could be like, you know, Donut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Donut King or whatever. And then it's, so it turns out to be like Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for some reason they uh, they they released the name of this thing and when, when I submitted for it I saw I saw it said Resident Evil two and I thought it was just like some kind of like like a, a fan film you know <laughs> right. I've done a couple I, I've done some fan films or just whatever and um, I didn't I didn't even know they were re- remaking it to be honest um, at the time in 2016 yeah so I saw it I, I submitted for this thing and I was like yeah I'm a huge fan um, I would I would love to be in your project whatever and they got back to me and I realized it was for the the remake of the game with mocap and I would be playing Leon and that's when I real so I took it all seriously and I did what I had to do to kick ass in that first audition because I needed a callback yeah. and then after that, I wanted that third final round callback, you know. So, like, have you always been a fan of the Resident Evil series? Since 98. Since 98. So, you was, you was there with the original. 
Uh, I, I started two years after the original came out. Um, my friend at a sleepover introduced me to uh, RE2 in 98 when it came out. I played that one, fell in love. Then I went back to play one, and then I've played everyone since. So yeah, it's it's by far like all my life. It's been my favorite series ever. So when you played Resident Evil Two for the first time, were you afraid when you played it? Yeah, I was a lot younger, and a game like that really hadn't existed. You know, um, like the survival horror. I, I was always playing like you know, like Street Fighter right, and, yeah. and like fighting games and Mario's and you know, like NES, Super Nintendo fighting games. But they weren't the same uh, mm-hmm. when I when I got into Resident Evil. The graphics were better. The the um, the story was just darker. Like the everything about it was so dark and gruesome, and you had to survive and stay alive. And that was so new and different to me at the time. And yeah, that's what I liked about it. So it just sounds like that you got pretty far in this game the first time that you played it. Like you didn't get scared to the point where it's just like I can't play this anymore. Because that no, was me. actually the only the only, the only game that really did that to me where. A couple times I had to shut it off because it was re- it was like four in the morning, and I was just scared. This was a Silent Hill, the original. Mm. I still haven't played the Silent Hill yeah. series. I've only played the Resident Evil you, series. Dude, that py- pyramid head is no joke. He's no joke. Uh, Silent Hill was really disturbing. Um, but I gotta say, like Nemesis, right. uh, the original yeah. Nemesis, gave, that that gave me a lot of anxiety too because like you're you're running around. Even the cover is like. Yeah, but you're, you're running around like the the quiet streets of uh, Raccoon City, and you might not have seen a zombie in a little bit, and like you're just doing this errand. You got to get the crank or something, and then all of a sudden, like you just hear that like stars, yeah. yeah, and then you get the anxiety because like now I got to run away from this guy for a couple like uh, you know a couple hallways or alleys, you know. So the anxiety of Nemesis was really cool too. Yeah, just busting through the walls and everything like that, <laughs> man. <laughs> Go ahead, go, ahead say, <laughs> go ahead and say it, Trail. That's what she said. There you go. <laughs> it was tension. It just kept the tension in your body, and that's what I like in games. Well, I say like, feel. I'll say that that was one of the things that I loved about Resident Evil 2 because Trav hasn't played it yet. Yeah, I haven't played the remake. He hasn't played the remake yet, but I was showing him videos of when I was playing it. Well, let me ask you this. Do you <laughs> still get scared as a grown man playing this game? Uh, well, which one? Anyone. Any game. Um... Actually, the the last game to give me that same kind of anxiety was Resident Evil Seven. Yes, bro. That was the oh, uh, rebirth of Resident that, Evil that, too. That, that first that first person view. Oh God, man! It was it was awesome. Uh, I played it in VR, and mm. it was terrifying running away from that family and and yeah. uh, Jack at the beginning. Like that is that is that just made my heart pound, and like mm-hmm. I was I was flexing my whole body when that that those scenarios were happening because like, I didn't want to get caught. I didn't want to die and I had no ammo and it's just really tense. And that's what a game should be that if you get a horror game like this, that's what you should feel. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I loved about resident evil Two, the remake was that like, there were a lot of moments where like, I would probably only have like two bullets left and I'm just sitting here running from all of the zombies and uh, Mr. X. Like there were times because like Mr. X would just pop up out of nowhere and I'm just like, man, it's like I, I can't, can't fight him. Yeah, I can't fight him. Like there was this one video I had showed Trav where um, I was running away from Mr. X and I ran into this room and there was a hunter in there. And then the hunter was chasing me and Mr. X was chasing me at the same time. And like I said, I only had two bullets. So I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? I, I can either run or I can use these two bullets and then die. My, yeah, my favorite my favorite video was uh, you got away from some zombies and then you started walking down the hall and you turned the corner and there they were and you spun right around and booked it. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hear you yelling in the background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's great. Great scenarios. They cut. Like, I thought I was going to hate the, um, the the gimmick of uh, Mr. X. I thought I was going to hate that. And I actually grew to love it because it just added like so much mm-hmm. to your playthrough. Yep. Yeah, it did. Uh, I loved it. You had to be smart. You had to be smart when you were playing. It's like, you know, you had to conserve your ammo, know when to use your ammo, or you could just run. Yeah. And as I sit here patiently and wait for uh, the new Last of Us to come out, oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever played that series. No, I want to. Uh, That's another one I got to dive the into. The first one, man, is a treasure. I mean, it is amazing. Oh, it'll make you cry. Uh, it's, it's an sad, emotional yeah. game. 
It's scary at times. It's so good. And the second one, I know, is going to really take the cake for it. You don't get that in video games nowadays. You know, that's what's so cool about the RE2 remake was bringing it back. When's the last time you played a game and you actually ran out of bullets? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It don't happen now. I, I, I like that game style a lot. Um, and I, I felt like in, in seven and in, in seven, I was really hurting for ammo in some right, areas of the yeah. game. And that's, uh, that's the way it should be. Well, Bro, I can't, I can't remember what the dad's name was in seven, but there was this one time where I didn't have any ammo and all I had was a knife. And I'm just saying here like, well, I'm just going to go down and I'm either going to die or I'm going to kill him. And I ended up killing him with the knife. And I, I, I think I was playing on the hard difficulty as well. And, you know, I, I feel like, that, you know, that anxiety that comes yeah. over you when you're playing, because it's just like, man, I don't want to die. But if we die, we can just always retry. Yeah, yeah. But it's still it's like, you it's know, still it's a gamble. Though. It's a gamble and it's intense. And like you said, Nick, like that's how games should be in that feeling that you get from playing games like that. Yeah. He, his name is Jack. Jack. There we go. Thank you. And I, I, and you, I, been, I just, I just a, loved his character. It, it was he was like he was not even like a, a stereotypical like scary villain yeah he had like this weird like new orleans like um is that what they're from louisiana right yeah yeah. he he just had like this louisiana like charisma about him and he was just like unimposing balding dude (laughs) but you like shoot him in the face he'd be like i don't know i just like i just think the family that they created the psychos in that family were just Awesome. No, it's definitely the resurrection of the series. Every we anybody who listens to this podcast knows I hate Resident Evil Five and Six. Can't stand uh, them. I'll, I'll, di- I'll disagree with you there. I uh, I think I, I really thoroughly enjoyed Five, and yeah. the reason is, yeah, it was you know re- really strayed away from the roots of Resident Evil. However. It was a fun co-op game. That's the only. And, yep. mm-hmm. and I, I played. I grew up playing these games with my little brother especially and that game was the only one that we could co-op together and play it at split screen and we just i just have so many millions of hours of memories playing that game and mercenaries with my little brother and so i will never say that i hate five yeah, but that's that's the that's the same uh, feeling that i get whenever i play resident evil five like me and my brother we just played that game all the time he wasn't really into the other resident evil games but because yeah. this game had co-op and you know, he saw me playing and he was just like, hey, I want to play with you. So I will say that that was one thing that I did like about five. But six was just straight Call of Duty. Yes, six strayed really far. Um, they tried to keep the story and the canon together. And I, I thought there was interesting things about it. Is my favorite? No, of course not. But um, but I appreciate their effort. And I'm just glad that they took some time and went back to the roots. With yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'll say. Again, games will do that, right? I mean, you have Fallout 76 that really strayed away from what people liked about Fallout. Mm-hmm. And uh, it did not get the good response that they enlisted. So, uh, sometimes, man, it's, it's that gamble. It's do we want to keep giving you the same game but make it different in some way? Or are we going to completely change the game that we give you. And that's what I didn't like was I don't like this, this, you know, this big room of zombies. And then it's, I just got you like, gun them all this, down. you could gun them all down. I had no anxiety playing five and six. Exactly. Yeah. You know, versus. I agree, I agree with you on that. You know, yeah, you're going around them dark rooms in the corridors and it's scary, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it's dark. They'll scare you with just two or three zombies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So how was your brother's reaction when he played the Resident Evil 2 remake and hearing your voice in the game? Yeah, they were they were freaking out my family just because we're all we're all big fans. And um, it was a it was a surreal experience for them to to play that and know that I was in it and stuff. But um, I don't think anything will beat um, the surreal feeling that that I've had throughout this whole whole oh, entire sure. process. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, especially such an iconic character. Yeah, exactly. And like you nailed it too. I mean, it's like you sound just like Leon from the original Resident Evil Two game. Yeah, I, I, I definitely have like a a young spirit. Um, uh, Funny fact is, uh, Paul Haddad, who voiced the original, right? We, we were actually the exact same age in real life when, when we respectively recorded our roles. Yes, that's wild. Um, so I think, I think I was about. I was like 32 when we were, when we were recording 33 
and so was he. Um, and so I had, I just sound younger. I don't really have an imposing deep voice. And so, you know, he has a very crisp voice as well. And, um, yeah, I've actually talked with him many times online. He's a really nice guy. So now, you know, I wanted to go ahead and get into the life is strange series. Like we were talking about earlier. Now, before you were in before the storm, had you played the series? Believe it or not, I I had heard of it, but no, I've, I had never played it before and I didn't really understand what it was all about. Look, the, the fan, the fan base is really, it's like, it's becoming very deep and very loyal. Oh yeah, most definitely. It's not, it's not just, you know, those particular groups that like these games. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a diehard, like action horror. Like I like those genres in games and movies. And this is the farthest thing from it. And I, now that I've played like quite a few of these, like I have a giant appreciation for the games. Mm -hmm. I think they're very well-crafted stories. And the fact that you really choose your whole entire adventure and how you respond to things. Yeah, they are. And so really it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's just like a small group of people. I think, I think, um, they're expanding their audience and fan base and there's a reason for it. And like, that's cool that, you know, and before the storm, you got to play a younger Frank Bowers who was a very prominent character and uh, the original life is strange game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I that, that was the first role I booked with them. And um, I really just leaned on my East coast kind of like swagger and that kind of attitude now I'm I'm not. He was kind of he was a bit of like a like a stoner. Yeah. That's right. not really my personality. <laughs> um, but I just I just leaned into that like, you know, he had a creep factor to him, yep. and I think the a stereotypical East Coast swagger kind of lends some qualities that really uh, that work with that. And I think the game. All another thing. Like as I get older, I'm more enjoying games. A lot of the. Um, telltale games, yeah, single player games. I don't know if you played like Beyond Two Souls or Detroit Become Human, where there's really not a lot of quote unquote gameplay, it's more of it's story driven and you pick your yeah. course. It's like those books where you get to decide and you yeah. got to page 96 yeah. for this or 152 yeah. for that. And as I've gotten older, man, I just really enj- it's kind of like playing through a movie. It is. It is kind of like that. It can be a cathartic experience, and that's kind of what Life is Strange has been for me. I did a couple streams of uh, episode two. Um, I played through Captain Spirit, and and the stories become well, they're relatable um, because the reason they can reach such a big audience is because when you have so many choices to make, mm-hmm. you make the, you make them kind of the way that you'd make them in real life, exactly. and that's why people connect with these stories. It's like oh, this this fourth response I can do with this multiple choice, like that's something I would say in real life. You know, yeah. Like every time I play games like that, it's like you said, these are choices. Like, what would you do? But it's always funny because it's like sometimes it's just like, well, it's just a video game, so I'll just make this choice, and it's not going to change anything. Like I know, um, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy game that had came out. It's like you know that it's like at the end of the day, the Guardians are always going to be a team, right? But in this game, it's just like no, it's like certain choices that you make, the team can split, disband, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think games are getting really interesting now, and they're really putting a lot of time and effort into playing them, and the uh, genres are splitting up now, but it's it's really exciting. I wish I honestly had more time to play games. There's so many that I need to play, and I yeah, want to. No, and I know uh, we got to start wrapping this thing up and kind of let you get back to your day, and we appreciate you joining us. But before we do that, I just want to ask you one more question. Uh, you mentioned sure. you know, growing up and really getting into Resident Evil and stuff like that, and now you've kind of put your hand you're handed to the hat of, I want to do this and that and stuff. Even if a series isn't even around now, let's just say it's a, it's a game they're not going to really redo or something like that. What is like some of your dream, man, if, if they did this game, I would love to be a part of it or something like that, that you grew up loving and enjoying. Well, there's a ton. Um, I mean, I have like a wish list. Like I, I would essentially want to be in all of the, the series that I was playing as a kid in some way, shape or form, that would be like a big honor for me. Um, I would love to play like Casey Jones in a good turtles game. Um, Mm. I would love to be in a Castlevania and a mega man. And, uh, maybe like a street fighter would be really cool. Um, dude, I can Metroid. Hey, not to cut you off, man, but I, I'm looking at your picture, obviously. And cause it's your thing on Skype. 
I could see you being a Casey Jones, though. Yeah. You know, like you kind of have a, J- a Casey Jones look to you. Oh, if you go on my Instagram, I, I posted uh, like Halloween. You know, now that I've started like cosplay and uh-huh. I did my Leon and stuff, uh, Halloween was always one of my favorite um, holidays because I could uh, fabricate like a cool costume right. and really go all out. If you scroll down on my Instagram, um, maybe like maybe like 25 to 30 posts down or something, you'll see one right in the middle that says um, origin story, and it's a video. And if you click on that, you're going to see why or how much I, I actually like Casey Jones. Right. You, you should check that out. Yeah, no, because we're both huge. I mean, we've podcasted on the Turtles. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he's my favorite character. He's uh, that guy. Yeah. He was, he was like... He became a legend in in the original in like the 1991 movie, right. yeah. and then um, and then he, they just never really capitalized. Like he was such a cool character, yeah. and um, Elias Kateas is the actor who portrayed him. Right. And I've if you seen look him. at some of my photos, he's a he's a fellow Greek guy, and I actually look just like the dude. He, I know, and that's what I was saying. You reminded me of him just if he was if he had today's look. You know what I mean? But yeah. and it's crazy because he was in a vampire movie like. 10, 15 years ago, and I saw him, and I was like, dude, I don't, and he's old, obviously. He's, he's like, that's Casey He's Jones. like 20, 25. No, at first I looked at him, and I was like, I don't know what else I've seen this dude in, I but I know I've Casey seen him. Jones. I looked up the movie, and I was like, holy crap, it's Casey Jones yep. plus 20 years. Yep. Like, it was well, crazy. Well, bro, like, that's just like in uh, the Halloween Town movie. And, oh yeah, and the actual, I can't remember her name, but uh, she was April O'Neil in the April original O'Neil, yeah. Ninja Turtles movie. And I, like when I yeah. first saw when I first saw Halloween Town, I was just like, "That's April O'Neil." Yeah, you yeah, know? crazy. So, but so. yeah, so but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up, Nick. We just want to say thank you again for joining us on today's episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And before we let you go, tell everybody in social media land where they can find you at. All right, uh, on Twitter, you can find me. Um, at a, a handle where I spelled my name wrong. I don't know why I did this, but it was intentional. Um, it's just N-I-K, who knows why, underscore apostolitis. And that's just A-P-O-S-T-O-L-I-D-E-S. And then uh, for Instagram, you can just hit me up at Nick underscore A-P-O-S. That's it. Ooh. Yeah, I- man, we really appreciate you coming on. Like a he had said, we've been trying to organize this thing since October, man. So, and you are a man of your word. You know, yeah, you said you were going to come on and you did. And we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for your patience, guys. And also thanks for the interest in having me on. It uh, means a great deal. And I hope that the fans like it. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Oh, they yeah. always do. All right, Nick. We'll talk to you later, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Peace. Bro, what an awesome guy Nick was, man. Stand up, man. Anybody that, look... And again, he's not telling us about these things or post about these things to get like recognition. Exactly. Uh, anybody that's willing to go to any of these third world countries for free and, to help and do out. free labor yep. and to help out and just make their lives a little bit better than mm-hmm. what it was is okay in my book, bro. I, now, how I many other people are doing it? There's I not could. a lot of other people doing it. We're not signing up to do it. Not saying we want it but you don't see us doing it is yeah. what I'm saying. So you could talk about doing it all day, but this he's doing it. He's, he's one of those it, few yeah. guys that are actually doing it. So and Hats off to him. Hats Pinkies off to him and to anybody him. else, you know, um, that's doing it with him, you know, his crew or, you know, whoever it is. So Yeah, man, I'm just happy that we were finally able to get him to come get him on. on man. We got to chat for a little bit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, just hearing his story and everything, man, it was just, you know, very inspiring. Yeah, man. please, like, man. And he's he's just like us. He's yes. just like, you know, just listen to this episode. You, you know, I'm saying growing up a nerd, yeah, growing up a nerd. Like he played Resident Evil. He oh. played Street Fighter. And then now he had the opportunity to voice, voice you know, a, a game. A very, he, a he very big icon. Right. Like, Le- everybody knows who Leon S. Kennedy is. He's, no, I think he's the I think he's the most known character from that series. Exactly. Yes, I agree. And, you know, to have that iconic role right. where it's like now your name is going to be in the history oh, yeah. books is voicing Leon S. Right. Kennedy, you know. So, again, hats off to him. I'm happy we was able to get him on. And so I'm wrapping this thing up. Trav, go. Yeah, you know where to find me personally at ZK Audio on Instagram. Go ahead. Give me a follow. Let me know. You can slide in my DMs. Mm-hmm. 
if anybody needs any sort of mixing or podcast work. Yeah, make sure you let them we know. We do it all, man. You can come get this work from ZK Audio. Mm-hmm. And you can find me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, at KingBenji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook by just typing in Benjamin Banks. And but, hey, hold on. on. MySpace? Not, not <laughs> sure. Tell them the MySpace. Okay. And then you can also find me on MySpace by typing in King Benji underscore Banks. You're bringing and I'll, it back. And I'll pop right up. You're I only got right one. He's I got the only one. one there. I got one picture up there. And he's I'm, the only one there. It's like it's like Will Smith and I am legend. I'm but, the only one. But most importantly. I hope you're about to say what I think you are. Where can they find the podcast on social media? Where can they donate money Bro, to I the thought podcast? You was gonna, I thought you was going to talk about Patreon first. Because we didn't say where they can find us at on social media. So I thought you was going to ask them to give us money because we do need money. I never ask anybody to give us money. We need to pay bills, bro. I know we need to pay bills. You know what I'm saying? I ask people for quarters and and dollars and stuff. Bro, if you ain't dancing, you ain't getting money in the hat. That's true, man. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you can donate to us on Patreon at Leveling Up Banks. And that is also the tag for us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just type in at Leveling Up Banks and we'll pop up right for you. Is there anything else we need to say, or is that, that it? is it, baby? We are you, out. Thank you, you for MySpace? tuning into another week. You know I don't. Okay, I feel we, like I feel like there's another tag that we're forgetting. Bro, there ain't no tags, man. We are social media out, man. We got the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook. You got the MySpace. You, I'm gonna make a MySpace for leveling up with Benjamin Banks. Don't. Why? Because find us on MySpace.com forward slash. Yeah forward slash leveling up banks right now by the time this airs it's gonna be there that's right by the time this airs it's gonna be there okay all right you sitting in your chair and the microphone yeah i like that i I like i like you going back to your to your to to my roots roots. yeah that's right baby so yeah again thank you everybody for listening to this brand new episode of leveling up with benjamin banks make sure you join us next week yeah where we'll have a special guest up here again and we can't tell you who it is so remember to always eat your cheerios that's right brush your teeth that's right and keep on leveling up baby Woo. Woo woo.